This episode of Forging Flame is brought to you by Onnit.com. Onnit is a company all about total human optimization. They have fitness equipment, workout videos, resources and certifications, and some of the best dietary supplements on the market. Their three primary supplements are Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech, and New Mood. In case you don't know, Alpha Brain supports memory and focus and aids in mental processing. Shroom Tech improves exercise volume and assists aerobic performance, and New Mood supports natural serotonin production. I've personally used Alpha Brain and Shroom Tech, and I had amazing results with both. And if you use the promo code FORGINGFLAME at checkout, you'll receive 10% off any dietary supplement, and you'll help support this podcast. Once again, that's onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com. This episode is also brought to you by Hotel Tango Distillery. We're proud to have the support of the nation's first combat-disabled, veteran-owned distillery. Hotel Tango boasts a proud product lineup of nine different spirits and liqueurs, including a six-year, soon-to-be ten-year reserve bourbon, a two-year bourbon, a straight rye whiskey with a whole lot of spice, vodka, gin, my favorite, rum, limoncello, orange cello, and a delicious cherry liqueur. Those are available practically nationwide. By now, Hotel Tango is distributing to retailers in Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Texas, Wisconsin, Missouri, Nebraska, Louisiana, South Dakota, North Dakota, Florida, Alaska, Illinois, California, Georgia, Washington, and military bases all throughout the country and world. You can visit HotelTangoDistillery.com for more information about the distillery, uh, where you can get it. You can also go to shop.hoteltangowhiskey.com if you're in one of those states that allows for liquor to be sent by mail. Hit them up. Check out the lineup order something, and even enter promo code FORGINGFLAME for 10% off of your booze purchase. And, well, if your state don't allow that, then sorry about you. That's HotelTangoWhiskey.com. Welcome to Forging Flame, a podcast all about the creative process where we talk with all types of creative people. My name is Ryan Selleck. And I'm Nick Hinton. And today we have Joey Turner and Baby Nick. What up, y'all? How you doing? We're doing well. How are you guys? Doing very well. Thank you for uh, inviting us over this evening and uh, making this thing happen a little later than uh, anticipated. <laughs> That's all right. We got... <laughs> We got no better place to be. Don't tell my wife and kids that, but the kids should be in bed or their asses are in trouble. I guess it's probably also worth saying that. And to that I say, yeah. indeed. <laughs> uh, we should we should also go ahead and say from the top that uh, Baby Nick is, is almost kind of in a pseudo-Silent Bob role for this episode, just <laughs> because, because uh, these two fellows are sharing a microphone. So That's right. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that he can get on there, though. <laughs> We we actually were not planning on this podcast today. We had a different guest drop out last minute, and then yeah. Joey kindly enough made it down here very last minute to to be on the show. And um, and I had Joey down as a potential guest because he's starting potential. a potential. <laughs> <laughs> Only if somebody cancels, we got Joey as a bad rap. <laughs> okay, no big deal. Well. Thankfully, Joey is very gracious with his time being the potential guest. 
I love uh, it. No, he, he's been on, he's been on the list because he's starting a very, um, a very ambitious project. Um, and he's basically looking to network with different types of creatives and put people in the right seats. That's kind of what I got out of it. You were kind of cryptic. And when you were putting, to, putting out like exactly what you're doing, but you, you, you're starting something called Dojo Inc. And between you and baby Nick, uh, mellow and yellow. Can you tell us about those projects? Uh, yeah. So mellow and yellow will be, is a podcast that we're working on presently. And, uh, so we're, we're working through our technical difficulties and, and learning a few things, um, as we go. And you guys have been very gracious already this evening and uh, helping us in our process, in our creative process. Um, Dojo Inc is, um, it, it is, it is a creative entity that I'm, uh, and, and that is, that's why it's such an ambitious project and why I'm recruiting and, um, I am a. I consider myself a creative entity, and therefore I am Dojo Inc. And I also use that as a pseudonym as I write poems. And uh, the bigger part that I'm recruiting for is uh, creative stories. Mm-hmm. So I, I've really wanted to delve into um, graphic novels, comics, um, I- any of that. Uh, just writing in general, and then also some uh, nonfiction. I mean, fiction, nonfiction stuff as well. Okay, cool. So I'm looking for artists, especially right now. Artists, if you can, if you whatever your creative your drawing style is, I'm just looking for people who are ambitious as well and creative, and who are who are wanting to free themselves with their own creativity. As I believe that we have gifts within ourselves that we don't have to do this grind out here. It's it's a trick, man. It's yeah. The, the veil has been lifted for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people are definitely starting to wake up to the fact that m- most of the nine to five shit people are dealing with is, is sometimes, depending on your life circumstances, like completely unsustainable for one. Like I got I got three kids. I got a wife. The kids are like doing school at home now. So my wife can't work. And like a forty thousand dollar a year job ain't gonna cut it, yeah, right? Absolutely so like, not. Not not in today. No, not as no. bare minimum at best. And not only that, but like if you have, which most of us do, if you have any bit of that like creative spark within yourself, you are probably gonna feel a little bit like soul crushed at the oh, end of the day when you got yeah. your corporate overlords breathing down your neck. You know, maybe maybe somebody somebody's got a boot on it. You know, like absolutely. You know, there's a there's a it, it, the politics uh, within the the corporate world is it's it, it's tough for me. I I, I kind of don't have a censor or I choose not to censor myself. <laughs> I'm not sure which one. Uh, so it's tough. I, oh, yeah. it, it's difficult to trust. There's a lot of trolls out here in the real world online. Uh, no matter where you go, it's people looking for those opportunities for drama. It's the um, the Real Housewives drama effect. I, I know very, very well what you mean, having worked in an office setting with 2,000 people before, where like you go in and it's like a, basically like a call center, just a giant playpen full of like hundreds of people like in a single space. Yeah. And you're so like close together that, you know, you might be able to develop some really, really good friendships or whatever out of that. But then also you do have that that wild card thing where, you know, you say the wrong thing to the wrong person or like you, you do so you leave a note in a phone call and yeah. a customer service interaction that somebody else doesn't like. And then, you know, there's a million different things, you know? And the, my problem is, is I'm cool with everybody. So 
and that puts me in a false sense of comfort. And, oh, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, and then all of a sudden things aren't cool and then everything gets used against you. You know what I'm saying? I, I hate that. It, so it's, it's tough. It's tough for me to trust in, in that regard and in the, in the workplace. And yeah. So, and, the, and those companies, they need to run like that. They have yeah, to have, yeah, they have to be a well oiled machine and they gotta, they gotta chug along. And because of that, they have to have standards of, you know, of employee conduct and stuff. Right. But that's always been the thing that like bothered me. Like, um, I don't know if we were saying this off air or on a podcast. I think I'm living too much on the podcast. Now. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing That's why that, I say just record everything, yeah, all the conversations. Yeah, you might, might as well. well. And we're, we're going to get into that too. That's something that I want to, I want to talk about. Um, I'm writing a note here um, because I have some advice for you guys. Ooh. And I think other people would get a lot out of this too. So, Beautiful. Um, Thank you. so the, the corporate world, the, the work itself never bothered me. It's like I can show up and I can work like a machine and I'm cool with most things. But what bothered me is kind of the hollow pretentiousness of everything because like having to, it's a, um, you got to wear your mask, got to wear literally mask, now, you know, but figuratively that, yeah. that mask pains me. Yeah. It kills it's a me suppression too. of all of the creativity yeah. and, Oh, it, it is. It's so crushing. And yeah. for that reason alone, uh, um, and I'm trying to free myself of that, but there's so many people in that trap and everywhere I go, I'm, I'm meeting people like this young man there. They have ambition, but they don't know how to go get it. Right. And to be honest, I don't either. I, I, I say all the time, I am, I am not afraid to fail because I have failed over and over and over again. I've been at the bottom and but success is is a kind of a scary thing for me. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of pressure that comes along with maintaining success and keeping things like this alive and uh, maintaining the relationships and friendships and the people that that <laughs> attach themselves sure. along the way. Uh, but I, I'm 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 actively looking for these people and and it's not hard. Uh, part of my creative process and, and my recruiting process is I, I ask a simple question: What is your passion in life? And it's quite fascinating. A, people love to talk. If they have something passionate to talk about, they, they're going to they're gonna talk. And I love hearing these stories. And it, it fuels my creative process. Um, it, ideas, like, you know, it, it's, there's tons of things that just stem from stimulating conversations. Mm -hmm. And I actively engage in people's interests. Now, the interesting thing is, however, uh, I'm not often asked the question in return. Sure. You know, it, 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 he got to witness one evening, there were four people and I went around the room, gave everybody their turn. What's your passion? And they talked about it. And you also see a distinct change in people. When, it, when you ask that question, they light up their oats. Oh, you're, you're interested in me. Or they're like, Oh, I don't even know what the, I don't know what my passion in life is. I don't know that anybody's ever asked me this question. Didn't know I was supposed to be passionate. Jesus, <laughs> my cats. <laughs> you know, silly answers like that are often the thing. But when somebody's passionate about something, they, they give it to you. So uh, I receive it. And um, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, but like I said, it, it's not often returned. So out of these four people, not a one of them returned the question. And, and, and that is that is my expectation, um, because when you get somebody in that mindset, they, they're thinking about themselves. So it's that's a that's a, a, a 360 degree turn or 180 turn to flip back to you now to, to now be thinking about you. Um, but it, it's nice. I, I also, I pose the question because those people who will ask in return, I usually 
enjoy those people more often because I, I get an opportunity as well to talk about Dojo Inc. And um, I, I'll, I'll take that moment now to uh, I, I am a proud dyslexic. And uh, that is also um, a big part of what I'm doing. And uh, it's at the core of everything. My philosophy in life, uh, the backwards way. Um, but I, I also I, I'm actively seeking dyslexics as well. Hmm. They are, I believe, uh, dyslexia is the disease of geniuses, and they're vastly underutilized, and not only underutilized but crushed, just devastated. So, yeah, I mean, any 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 opportunity to highlight what is commonly perceived as weakness or flaw in a person and bring bring to light the 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 potential benefits of that because yeah. i mean you know dyslexia or autism or whatever i mean there there are loads of potential gifts that are attached to both right Absolutely. like just in even just in, in different ways right and it's important to understand those different ways and how and it, it, once we understand that, we can we will be able to easily see how these people within our, especially our workplaces, they're they're not utilized to their highest potential, and it that's when it becomes definitely soul crushing. Because for myself within the workplace, I, I've I, it's it's so easy to identify these these issues, and a lot of it is it like everything, it's communication. There's there's such a terrible communication and. It just leads to a lot of shenanigans and people not being trained, especially appropriately. And then they're held accountable to some shenanigans. It's well, and, and that, that shit all starts in school too, right? Like, you know, it's, and luckily there are people who are actively attempting to change the way that, that education is available to people. And I mean, you know, it's, it's very small and grassroots right now, but who knows what the, what the education system looks like, especially, you know, given all the shit that we're dealing with now, Absolutely. five, 10 years from now, there might be a lot more kind of like open form education available. Our, our good friend Jessica's working on something like that right now. Yeah. Jessica um, Heckel, her project's called tribe of crow and she's starting something like that. Basically grassroots that. tribe of crow. I yep. love it. And it's grassroots. It's in Eugene, Oregon. And, uh, yeah, she's she's giving it a go at it. She she got approved for her building no, and everything. Yeah, they, nice. it's it's happening. Um, it's going on right now. Awesome. And she's going to be on the podcast pretty soon talking about that. But oh, yeah. her and I had a lengthy discussion about that. Um, this is something I've been thinking about for a long time. Basically, the education system right now it's set up and it's designed specifically for the industrial Re revolution. I mean, think about that. <laughs> yeah, think about it's the a direct history. result yeah. of the yeah, industrial yeah. revolution. And, and like, and it did its job because the industrial revolution needed like workers to be in their place. Like e even everything down to the, like the school bell that goes on every morning and the structure of everything. It's like, yep. it's uh, a conditioning for entering into this uh, sl slavery. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> pretty it's, much yeah. it's, it's forcing everybody into that box. Absolutely. Whereas the future needs to start meeting people on their levels. If you're going to realize the full potential of the individual, you need to be like, Hey, do you but work better not, in the morning or do you work better in the evening? But not right? just the individual, but for the whole, right? Because we're, we're, we're squashing these people out of the system and making them outcasts. And then now we're left with what a bunch of linear fucking thinking people that are running every fucking thing. Right. Yeah. And I'm over it. 
Yeah. Now, now on that note too, the the other interesting thing about dyslexics is like half of all self-made millionaires and entrepreneurs are dyslexics. And Mm -hmm. I believe that adversity is absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. That's part of the creative process as well. Right. right? So adversity is necessary. I just don't believe that it has to be so fucking adverse. The school system is absurd. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not divide. It's, it's not set up for people like me. Mm -hmm. It's because I don't read information fast enough. I don't absorb information through text. And when I'm limited to just the text lost, bro, Right. I, I don't I don't get to receive that information or I'm definitely not going to test well on it. However, uh, whatever you you give me in class, I just pay attention and, I, and I'm able to take all of that in. And and I, I just build my own associations for shit. But, man, we're, we're squashing these people because we're sending them into this slavery. And, and we we are we rebel against that shit, especially if that's what you're leaving us to. And oftentimes it's really I just was fucking bored. In class, yeah. so I just fucking, uh, I was the class clown. I was, well, I'm like, I got it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're lucky in some regard, right? And we kind of got into this in our last episode with Ryan and Brewer. Um, the gig economy, right? The ability for people to go and work just like two side hustles instead of one primary yeah. nine to five and, and open up their schedule to, to truly like map their lives around what they're passionate about. I mean, it's a scary thing for yeah, a lot of people. You got to know what your passion well, is first. Yeah, and that's, for sure. But for sure, but like when freeing you know, yeah, your mind yeah. is kind of the first step there. Well, for for me, it wasn't so much about myself, but my significant other. She, it's hard for her it, it, because we're conditioned for this mindset that you got the nine to five is stability. It's stability, stability, right. stability, and being a creative, there's no stability, and I don't, I don't have necessarily an income per se, but I believe. I believe in myself and I, I believe that the people around me will fall into place as they need to. And I, I'm building. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely tough, especially, you know, you got, you got a significant other, you got kids involved. It's, it's absolutely. Yeah. It's and hard I have two, to convince I have two young sons and oh, I, yeah. I'm a stay at home dad. I, I stay mm. at home during the day and I, I purposefully maneuvered myself as such because I needed to be a part of their day to day so that their created creativity doesn't get squashed. It's amazing because the environment, the school system, it's not set up for creatives. That shit's been cut out. So it's all about rotenization and you're left to the parents to encourage the creative. And that's important. We, we, we as parents, we we need to foster that, but it's easy to grow up in an environment that does not foster the arts. It does. It says this is fun. But it's not real. It's not a real job. A pot, you, you, yeah. YouTuber? Yeah. No. No, it's not. <laughs> um, do math. Nick, maybe Nick, do your fucking math, bro. Do your algebra. Become <laughs> a doctor. Become a lawyer. Exactly. Al- hate your Albedry. fucking life. Albedry was not my friend. Take a bunch of pills and try not to jump oh, off of something it, high. And, yeah. and thank you for bringing up the pills. And that's another thing. As a proud dyslexic. I, I have to bring awareness to the, what we're doing to these kids. We have an opioid crisis in our country, and it, it starts in the school system. We're, I'm talking to like people that I've been medicated. I've been on Ritalin or uh, Adderall since I was in kindergarten. And I understand because my sons are the evidence as to why we are medicating so ki- these kids so heavily because these motherfuckers are crazy. <laughs> yeah. oh, I lose my mind. Being a stay-at-home dad is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <sighs> but, um, yeah, man, it's... It's crazy. So I understand why why there's so much medication that's happening, but I we do 
these parents are not of the understanding of what they're setting themselves up for. And the, the, it, it doesn't allow for the development of the, of the nervous system properly, I believe. And then you're, mm-hmm. you're in a constant state of needing something to stimulate internally mm-hmm. or you're, and then you're left seeking stimulation, stimulation, stimulation. Yeah. It's a strong theory for sure. Indeed. I, uh, man, it's, it's that, it breaks my heart to be oh, honest. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and that, that's why it's my passion. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want my sons to grow up in that world. I've got, I've got three little girls it. and they're, they're all, I'm, I'm so, sorry. Good luck with that, bro. No, it's, I it's asked for sons. Cause I said, I can't do any girls. No more women. I I'm, I'm definitely lucky in that they're, they're unique personalities, all of them. And they don't, Indeed. they don't necessarily fall into any, any sort of like conventional build that I've, that I've experienced at least. And, and just trying only to, only if you, only if you box them into it. Right. Exactly. And, and, I've, I've done what I can to try to try and nourish all of those unique and explorative and like just, just the shit that makes them crazy. Right. It's like <laughs> try and Discipline. try and minimize the amount of sugar they're taking in, try and minimize, like don't allow things like caffeine before their brains and shit are fully developed. Right. And yeah. guess what? My kids don't act like crazy lunatics most of the time. And sure as hell, not like anybody else's kids that are ever around. Like, why the fuck did you give that six year old a full can of Coke? Like, what is yeah. wrong with you? Man, like, it, like, come on, I, man. See, like, these no kids are like acting these, like an asshole. These right little now. league baseball fields, and they're just, they're letting these little kids buy Red Bulls and shit. Oh, yeah. It's cr- and they're just going back for like, they're going to, their heart's going to explode. Yeah. It, or uh, they're just at least going to be the worst human being possible absolutely. to deal we're, with. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're ruining ourselves out here. It's, it's crazy. Obesity, we're not ready for the famine to come. We're not ready. <laughs> I feel like there there might be parents that listen that do things like give their children caffeinated soda at a young age and they're going to be pissed off for feeling like <laughs> they're being judged. But I guess on some level, I got to come clean to the fact that I'm kind of judging them for it. Right. Like, I mean, like, I get it. It's hard. And like, it's hard to say no to a kid who's like fucking relentless, especially if you're like very dead set against like physically abusing them. Right. Like. Uh, I'm, giving, not giving I'm, I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily. Well, it's, it's necessary. Yeah, I, I have a hard time with like. You got girls. Man. Yeah, you know that the physical my punishment. Sons, no, my thank sons. You. It, that doesn't even work either. They're like, ah! <laughs> I'll do it again immediately. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> the hammer came down. Is what happened. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure it would be a different story if I had a bunch of crazy little boys running around, but. Bro. It's, uh, I love it. Uh, to be, I, I'm, I got exactly what I asked for. So be careful what you, what you ask for, what you wish for. I asked the universe. They gave me my two sons and, um, they fill me up and, but they, it, they can drive you insane. Like I said, <laughs> staying at home with them throughout the day and being responsible for the discipline aspect. It, it, I, I, that's why I wanted to stay home. I wanted to be a part of that discipline and, um, and making sure that they pick up their toys <laughs> Because mommy's a cleaner and mommy will, she wants it done now. And now means I'm going to do it. So I'll just clean it up to get it done. And then we're left with a bunch of kids who, who don't know how to pick up after themselves or <laughs> do anything for themselves. Lack of personal accountability. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, it has been 
paramount to me to be be home and part of their day to day. So they're they're four and two, uh, three on the equinox, the fall equinox, and uh, aliens. They it's their job. They are they are the epitome of the backwards way, and they fight everything. Oppositional defiance disorder comes along with dyslexia, ADHD. It's all in the all. That's the whole spectrum, and it is intense. And I, I even 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 being aware of it, it's still difficult. I can imagine, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, to be honest, it's it's a you have to discipline yourself, and that's the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time. Yeah. I'm yeah. in a constant state of having to be responsible for myself and 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 checking my action. But to that point, I believe part of the creative process. I I speak harshly to my sons. I I do not censor myself around them, um, because they need to learn the language. I believe. The, it, my thing is, is when they say fuck, I don't, I don't, I don't bring any attention to it. I don't, um, I don't tell them not to say it. I don't say it's a bad word per se. Um, but my significant, their mother will correct them. She'll be like, don't say that. And I'll be like, don't tell them not to say it. If you're not going to censor yourself, then don't try to censor them. Instead, just give them more words, build their vocabulary. Don't say suck or fuck, say something else. Freak. Sure. I, I don't know. Wh- whatever word we want to create association different from that he my 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 oldest son my four-year-old he keeps wanting to say um he says i don't know where he got it from he says you big pussy daddy and i'm like what the (laughs) i'm like shit i don't even know what else to tell him now damn (laughs) she was like um i know he was like uh he was like uh just tell him silly and i was like yeah that's a good one i'll just don't don't say pussy son say silly now he's gonna have this fucked up association later in life (laughs) you're silly as out (laughs) <laughs> you over there with your silly flapping in the breeze <laughs> Ooh, that looks like some wet ass silly oh that's a callback callback <laughs> we ryan and i have a really good friend who has a has a great story about that with with his son he's got a what is he three three or four uh, i think i think he's just about four now yeah, yeah just turned four well, his his son, they've got kind of a similar policy with language where, you know, there's not necessarily any such thing as a bad word, right? But there are certain words that you probably shouldn't say around grandmother because she's going to be upset. And that and that is exactly why I don't I don't censor them because the, I, they need to learn that there are rules in different places. Right, exactly. Right. So his he the way that he dealt with this was beautiful because he at one point his son appropriately for the circumstance Mm -hmm. said the context damn it yeah and damn it was a thing for a while and so we broke it down for him said you know maybe don't say that around grandma or grandpa you know but in the right circumstance that's the appropriate word to use you used it correctly absolutely and so his solution as a as a three or four year old child said well can i say bams (laughs) and he said yeah you can say bams (laughs) And so now I love his it. go-to. And, and so they, the two of them, they know what BAMS means, but nobody else knows <laughs> yeah. what BAMS means. <laughs> yeah, see, excellent parenting. Yeah, and, and, it, and it effectively addressed the problem uh, without censoring them. You and know? without any and, anger or frustration exactly. or saying that you're wrong. Yeah, right. and he explained it to them. Correctly. Absolutely. Normally, like normally, parents would be like, "Shut the fuck up! Yep. Don't say that!" You <laughs> right. know, because like, I and, said so. Exactly. Right. Like you're you're putting down that authoritarian yep. boot when you don't need to. So when it comes time that you really need to put down that authoritarian boot, like for their own safety, yep. then they're like, "What the fuck? You don't know? What fuck? You know? Like you 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 were telling me not to say damn. Like right. now you're telling me not to. You know, 
do this thing over here, whatever. Boy who cried wolf type shit. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. But, um, it's probably a good policy to reserve that, that, that boot for when you need it, but I'm not a father at all. So, um, <laughs> no, don't take it, my I, advice for no, it. I believe this is, it's necessary to discuss these things. And we actually just last night were discussing, uh, we'll, we'll also put out another podcast. We, I want to do one just on the parenting because we are two different generations. So I, I'm 37. Uh, baby Nick is, uh, you, do you want, you care if everybody, <laughs> uh, baby Nick is 20 and, so we have this uh, generational dynamic, and uh, I, it's important for me to plug into this this generation because they're going to be my son's teachers and so on and so forth, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And to understand what they're going to be, who who and the type of people they're going to be led by is important to know So and to understand. But... I also believe in in passing on the the micro nuggets of knowledge that I do have in preparation because someday you you have the potential to be a father and you have the potential to be a father. The more we discuss these things, even before it, preferential ex, uh, experience is necessary. Being yeah, experientially prepared in your mind is important. Uh, before I had my sons, we. Heather and I, we spent a lot of time, Heather's my significant other, we spent a lot of time just having conversations about what we would do. And we, we didn't even want to be parents, but we got presented with some situations from some family members uh, trying to deal with that uh, rebellion, teenage rebellion, right? So it, it, it put us in a lot of conversations talking about why that was happening, the, the root causes. And, and it, a lot of it, start, it starts early in the window that our children are in now. Man. Ugh. It's a, a deep and upsetting topic of conversation overall, man. for sure, man. But that, I mean, that's 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 where that's where it starts. Hopefully, by the time our children enter the workforce, right? Like, hopefully, things have shifted a bit. But thankfully, you know, we are in a place where there is more possibility. And more people are trying to create more possibility and more opportunity. And people are like, especially younger generations where in many cases, some of these kids nowadays are are getting more fortified um, in their own like resolve, their own um, like idea of self in some, in some regards. And, you know, are making decisions to get the fuck out of the, the standard, system and just go and do some other shit. And we are seeing a lot of, a lot of young kids do a lot of really impressive things oh, these days. I, I firmly but, believe that we do not give children, especially at the age of our children now, two and four, um, even one, we, we don't give them enough credit for what they're capable of knowing, understand what they understand, the, the oh, yeah. context they're able to pick up on things, uh, the energy that they feel. And it's like when parents are fighting or arguing or even loving and so on and so forth, it's, we don't give them enough credit, man. And we're, we're doing a lot of damage in these early times that, that is difficult to correct. Yeah. Correcting, correcting behavior that is most likely attributed to just the way the individual human being, even though they're a child, but behavior that's linked to just the way that their wheels turn, the way that they process information, whether or not it's you know, standard or whether or not like the numbers or letters get jumbled a little bit when they're trying to process it or, or whether or not they can, you know, see, see all of the detail or, or color or whatever. Yeah. I mean, 
but th- that's punishing. You have to give them more words, develop yeah. their vocabulary as right. early as possible because it allows them to understand bigger concepts. And the greater, the bigger the concept they can understand, they can they develop these associations and they just build from it. And it's it's a beautiful thing. I don't know. I don't know what the what the solution is, right? Like in terms of you know what is the magical adaptable tool that like fits every child's or human beings needs <laughs> the, or whatever as but. they as everyone every, every parent says there's no they didn't come with a manual per se right. you know so it, it takes that's where the creativity comes into play the, the creative process because when you have kids if you're a, not a creative person they will suffer for it for the simple fact like I, I feel oftentimes we punish our kids in times when it's unnecessary and, and because of a lack of creativity so just trying to come up with different ways to like you did with the words uh, it's important. Um, but I was trying to develop a, my, my oldest son, he's, he still is too comfortable pissing himself because when he gets really into something, mm-hmm. his attention, he gets so hyper-focused, oh, yeah. like he just won't stop. Now, poop, good. Pee, however, he's just comfortable with it. And so I tried to get creative with him, and I was just like, he loves garbage trucks. <laughs> and it's his favorite thing. I was like, so, I was like listen, buddy, your, your pee is your body's trash. It's your body's garbage. And you got to make sure that you put your pee in the, in the, in the potty hopper. The, the, the garbage truck is like, I mean, the, the toilet is like the garbage truck. And it has like a hopper. That's the bowl. So you've got to put all the trash into the hopper, which is like the, the top part of the garbage truck. And then you, when you flush it, it's like it gets compressed into the, into the back of the garbage truck. So it, it did trigger an association for him. And it was very interesting because I watched it happen because he was like, his eyes just started going around. He was like, oh, it was, it was it's quite fascinating. Uh, the wheels started turning. Absolutely. Literally. Yeah. Oh, the, it is like a garbage truck, Dad. <laughs> Pee is trash. <laughs> Brain explosion. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, but the, like I said, that, that creativity is necessary in order to yeah. overcome problems. And oh, Go ahead. No, I was just, just going to say, yeah, like ab- absolutely. You need to, you need to, you need to, foster those things you need to nurture that stuff and and it just makes it more fun too oh yeah it makes the learning easier but you Mm -hmm. also have to like test the shit out of them they test the shit out of you oh well for sure but i mean you gotta you gotta like push 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 the limits of their understanding absolutely you know like i i love one of my favorite things to do is like exposing my kids to really, really strange videos on the internet, like stuff, not stuff that's like inappropriate <laughs> by any means, but just like stuff that, that Can kids watch this. This is Momo. Like stuff that as an adult, you, you'd look at it and be like, what the fuck am I watching right now? You know, this like, motherfucker shows me all kind of, I'm like, what, what the f- are you making me witness right now? Doing the hand thing again. Yeah, you, you, you show them the hand. Oh, thing? I've, sh- I've made them watch the hand thing. Yeah. Dozens of times. Nice. It's a it's a good one. If you haven't seen the it, hand thing. Hand, hand, hand thing. thing. Duly noted. Call the hand thing. Watch it twice in a row. <laughs> yep. Shay, uh, who, who's the Shay St. John? I'm surprised you remember that. Yeah, oh. Shay St. John. What are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Shay St. John introduced me to the Hollywood drip drop diet. Yep. Drip drop diet. Pounds. Two drops, two pounds. <laughs> Found it I, under I, the sink. I, <laughs> I'm unawares. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. Self-imposed ignorance. You guys know if these thing. diet drops are still good? <laughs> I'm feeling sick. <laughs> so it's this weird thing. I think thing. it's so, working. So it's Shay St. John. Yeah. I guess it was some guy out west who had a drinking problem. 
and he liked making these weird films about a character. Can you, can you elaborate on the character a little bit? Yeah. And I, I think you're kind of underselling the drinking problem. Oh, okay. It very well, much seemed like the drinking problem, like was either related to or inciting some level of psychosis based on yeah. the videos, because yeah. you can, you can tell that the, the person who made those is pretty unwell yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, this guy, by the way, uh, later, passed away because of his alcoholism. Um, but yeah, it's like a character. You're showing this to your children. Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the drinking problem is never discussed. It's all, you know, weird little skits or whatever, but apparently what she was an actress or a model, Shay St. John, and she was maimed like horribly disfigured in an accident of some sort and wears a mask. Mm. And really it's just this guy like in a mask, but it's like an odd mix of this one human being in particular, whoever the guy is behind Shea St. John, and odd plastic parts. Like, like he uses, like, like Shea like has Barbie like, parts? basically like yeah. larger Barbie, yeah. like mannequin arms. Oh, okay. I got you. It's, and it, it's just, it, it's disturbing, disturbing in every way. And unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> the film of the unsettling. I don't know what's worse. I feel fantastic or Shea St. John. Um, those are both equally wonderful in my opinion, but dude, Dan keeps sending me weird shit. Like he's got all the weird YouTube, um, channels all mapped out and he's just constantly sending me stuff and, um, feel free to forward those along. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Prepare yourself. You asked for it. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, should we? I don't know if we should share any of that stuff with our listeners, though. Should we? <laughs> should we smack them in the face with some hand thing, or uh, just go um, ahead and put your? Uh, we'll just you leave know. it up to them. They can search it themselves. Yeah, just YouTube go ahead and put your search history on the on thing. the screen. Oh no, that's not happening. No, um, but YouTube hand thing, and then YouTube, YouTube hand thing. I feel fantastic. You used to live with Ryan for for a little while, and. Uh, my bedroom was like right off of his office and it was a big old like 1920s or 30s house and uh with like giant air ducts so like huge obnoxiously large like you a small child could could easily pass from one room to the another through these ducts and uh he would be in his office working and <laughs> queue up the i feel fantastic video <laughs> on his phone and put it in this duct which was right next to my bed and it, <laughs> I don't. Recall I would wake this. up in really, really strange ways. <laughs> I don't recall this at all, but that oh. sounds like something I would do. Well, you, <laughs> fuck you for it that, Ryan. Like, it sounds exactly like something you would do. Yeah, that's. I mean, I felt fantastic. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back, anyway, back to the matter at hand. So tell us, tell us about. Did, did we even get into mellow and yellow? Did you guys? Describe yeah, that. No, What's we that haven't. Uh, the, yeah, Mellow and Yellow was uh, that was our first uh, podcast idea together. That uh, we 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 were used to. We were having a lot of like little little fires in his backyard, so we would just sit around, and he was just talking about how he wanted to have a podcast, like where we would just sit and bullshit. We just wanted to, you know, try to talk about whatever and yeah. have fun, be silly, and. You know, uh, and then, but ultimately, uh, we've just gotten into like deep conversations about shit. Uh, some <laughs> like the, the, when we first tried to do like our first episode, uh, like, uh, we, he, he was very curious about the, uh, 
the uh, Epstein shenanigans, oh, yeah. right? Okay. So we were kind of we were kind of did did some research, watched some stuff, and then uh, we were going to talk about. It. So we were just talking about like the sexual abuse, and then we just got on the deep like personal conversations and stuff. And but and so I think that's very important. So uh, but we also have aimed now to uh, lighten up a little bit. Uh, we got <laughs> we got uh, we went in hard. Uh, it was a little. <laughs> But it, like I said, I, I believe it's necessary. It's kind of part of that, that same thing we were talking about before, these these different uh, generational things and stuff. So, but, uh, oh, yeah. You're good. Nothing, yeah, nothing to add. Nothing to add. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I said, so we set out to kind of um, discuss the Epstein stuff that's going on now and how it's uh, it's broken the matrix and uh, and the 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 rampant sexual abuse that's going on and that's happening in our world is, uh, it's atrocious. It also breaks my heart. And I, yeah, it's I, fucked. yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about that recently because I've, uh, I've started a meditation practice that has Beautiful. gotten me. Um, I, I call it a meditation practice because calling it an occult magical ritual is a little weird. So <laughs> I disagree. Um, but, I've started oh. this and, and, and the, the way that I think about it is it's like a, it's like a prayer, but it's, it's basically a scientific way of looking at mysticism because you're not necessarily believing anything that's happening. Yeah. I, I believe that I, I am a bridge of that. I'm a big neural nerd. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, but yeah. Bridging those two things is the spiritual world and, and the science world. I, yeah. Absolutely imperative. Yeah. And so it's, um, let's call it a prayer, a prayer that has chants and gestures and stuff. And it's a little fucking weird. And I'm pretty sure my roommates think I'm insane, you know, but um, do you, man? So this has got me in like, really, it's got me really sensitive to like shifts in energy, like things that you would kind of like pick up subconsciously. And sometimes you just kind of know, but like, it's much more, it's it's more, it's more prominent now. And one of the ways I experienced that was, um, um, a few weeks ago I was, I was hanging out at my brother Nick's house and I had both of my nieces, one under each arm and I was just kind of zoning out. And then like, I just felt I just felt their energy radiating. They were just like two little sons, man. I could feel their love. They're both kind of nuzzled up to me and it it freaked me out. I was not ready to like, Whoa, what is this? And then of course I got to thinking like, Holy shit. What if there's like something to this and like this weird fucking like pedophile cult that they're doing some kind of weird fucking ritual with little kids. It's like, basically doing some, some weird otherworldly shit. And it's just, yeah, it, it, my mind went down like a whole rabbit yeah. hole and I'm like, and it, Nick, which way is East? He's like, what? You got to pray. I'm like, yeah. So now take that, take that feeling and then multiply that by like infinity. And that's how moms feel every moment of every day. It's right. nuts, bro. Yeah. That, that thought process it's, and it, but that leads to so, so much protection. I believe like we're trying to protect these kids so much. And I believe they're too sensitive. We're, we're, our society already is way too sensitive. And, mm. and we've got these people are just looking for these opportunities to sue the cancel culture, all this stuff. It, it's, it's out of control. But I think a large part of that is that like we, we protect these kids too much. We don't let them fall down. You know, I, I just, I watch my sons crash. <laughs> you don't know, you're all right. You're all right, bro. And then, you know, I, I it, 
weak sauce. <laughs> weak Absolutely. Sauce. <laughs> um, yeah, you. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's hard to recover from like Epstein adrenochrome baby murder cult. Like I'm, I'm still like just kind of sex magic cult. Stuck on the bummer of that right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you get, man. <sighs> Bringing me down. Okay. But, <sighs> that's what I do, guys. But and and that was the point too. We yeah. lighten that stuff up. It's hard, but it, it's also important to be able to talk about this stuff because. Um, it's too much, but I'll go back to the, you know, the, the creative process and the creative side of things like, um, the, the dyslexia thing. I, I said, it's the disease of genius earlier. Um, and I feel like from sexual abuse right into geniuses again is, you know, a perfect transition. Um, but <laughs> it, it sounds very narcissistic or, um, hokey or that like i'm just trying to make something but if you if you you can look up i don't know if you can pull up anything on this computer right now no, while we're recording, i'm not but touching this thing understood how <laughs> <laughs> i'm scared difficulties. just be um, good behave um, if you pull up a list of like famous dyslexics uh-huh. all of the greatest minds in history are dyslexic so i'm talking about da vinci einstein tesla the um the Wright brothers, the founding fathers, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin. Um, the list goes on and on. It's insane. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. Uh, Dojo Inc. Dojo, Dojo Inc. Inc. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's crazy. Uh, and, but we're, we're squashing most of these kids. And, oh, beautiful. <laughs> Let's see. Hold up. I thought it was a notebook when he first opened it. Yeah, I did too. I was like, well, he's about to just, he's about to look it up on his. Orlando Bloom. Orlando, there's a ton of actors. Richard Branson. Absolutely. Tom Cruise, Leonardo da Vinci, Walt Disney, Jim Carrey, Albert Einstein, Whoopi Goldberg. Jim my favorite of all time. JFK. There's several presidents. John Lennon. Yeah. Man, it it goes further and further. All the great innovators. All of. and, And so we're taking this type of genius processing. And we're, we're squashing it within our system. And it, it almost seems on purpose. It doesn't make sense. Like people believe that these people succeeded in spite of, but it's not, it's, it's because of, and when mm-hmm. we understand dyslexia as a neural type and what, what that means, it, my, my theory is, and I'll, I'll say here, it, dyslexia is a, it's a pure right brain or right brain dominant processing. And, and I say that because if you look at neural images of, the dyslexic brain, when it's trying to read, so reading is a, a, a symptom. That's how it's largely diagnosed, right? There's these reading issues. Um, but that's just a grain of sand on the beach of what it, what it truly is, like in terms of a neurotype. So neural imaging, when the dyslexic brain is trying to read, or I'll start with the, the neurotypical brain, it processes reading in the left, uh, you know, up here, and then also a part of the left front. And the dyslexic brain starts on the right it's and that's why it takes so much longer and why things are backwards and so on and so forth and there's so much more that's connected to all of that that's very intriguing but understanding the the just the right brain part and why these people are so innovative but also it explains why they're so disorganized because the autistic is the the polar opposite of dyslexia so if you look at autistics they are very um What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, they are they can become hyper focused on a singular talent. 
uh, for instance, and they will excel at that because they just they they are local processors. They local they they process just that one very specific thing very 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 well, better than probably anyone any other neurotype. The dyslexic brain being the opposite of that, we are a big picture thinkers, big picture processors, and that's where the innovation comes from. And why it's important to understand why 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 that also limits us in in a in a rotenized school system or work system. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of have to um, if you can't process information in, in in a typical way, which is provided there something else has to take its place. So that's where right. I think a lot of this comes in is because you can't read a book, you can't do these things normally, but then something else has to kind of take over. So instead of learning, you're spending more time. I'm not saying you, but yeah. like the general you, instead of learning, you're spending more time thinking, which yeah. that Absolutely. leads to innovation. And Absolutely. there's actually a great but, TED talk from a from a uh, an autistic kid that's like 13 years old and teaching calculus to uh, like uh, I bet uh, he is. to to people in college, you know, and you give it to them early enough. They'll master. And yeah, and he, he made, he made a point that, um, I think it was Sir Isaac Newton, um, Dyslexic, basically, by the way. yeah, couldn't, um, couldn't continue whatever he was doing. I'm not, I'm, I'm fucking destroying this, but couldn't continue whatever he was doing because of the black plague, I believe. So the black plague hit. So he had to stop what he was doing, stop learning. And he had to start thinking about what he was doing. So it led to his, revolution in science Ad- adversity is necessary yeah it, it, it like i said it just doesn't have to be so adverse all the time and um but that that's where the innovate we're, we're able to think we stay outside of the box so we're able to see solutions to things that people don't even know that there was a problem mm-hmm. and then then we're also li- labeled as like system busters so like if if Mass, everybody came out as dyslexic and was like, hey, we're at, there'd be a, probably a lot of companies that might not necessarily want them because they'll come in and they'll, there's a better way of doing it. There's a more efficient way of doing it. My brain works on efficiencies. So if I see shortcuts, I'm just, if there's, it, why, why is there so many steps, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, also to your point and back to the energy point that you were talking about, I, I don't read books very well. Uh, but I read people very well. So that, that's the trade-off, right? Mm-hmm. So like you said, something else uh, develops. And this right portion of the brain up here where the dyslexic brain is trying to read from, that's also where we process empathy from. And that makes us very susceptible to energy around mm-hmm. us. Because I believe that we pick up on people's energy. We, we feel that with our, our skin receptors. And our, our, all of this is just an extension of our brain. It, it's all feeding into our brain. It's all just, this is just how we bring it in and understand what is happening around us. Oh yeah. And, uh, the dyslexic brain is very powerful, but it's also very susceptible, but that's why the best pairing is for a dyslexic is somebody who's autistic Hmm. balance, balance the, the strengths and weaknesses. And, um, I've, I've found that person for me and she's, she's amazing. She, uh, she, she keeps me on, on, on online, <laughs> nice. she lets she constantly lets me know where the line is, where I'm supposed to be at. My, my wife, you. my wife is spectacular, and she's a bit dyslexic. Uh, maybe I'm on the spectrum. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe we're absolutely because oh, now that it's a genius thing, yeah. got to get on, hop on yeah. the bandwagon. I'm, done, I'm trying to. Yep, uh, I'm signing up for all the. Um, <laughs> 
I'm definitely all of those things that are the cool and beneficial things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but that's the thing. That's why I talk about it. And I, and when I meet people, I let them know I'm a proud dyslexic. And when it does, it opens them up because Hey, they see it as me. Oh, you're immediately flawed. <laughs> and I can be comfortable around someone who's flawed. Uh, but it, Not they, flawed, they, just different. Well, yeah, absolutely. But that's the, the, that's the common misconception in our society today. Yeah. And that's why the awareness of it is so important. And uh, like I said, delve into that list more. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and, and, and therefore I, I believe in myself. We, I want to bring more attention to this because there are young kids out here that they need to believe. Mm-hmm. They need to believe in themselves. And it's hard. It's hard in today's world to believe in yourself and to try to overcome the Diamond Dallas Page. GDP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, it, it really is impressive what, let's see, Muhammad Ali, Greg yep. Luganis, Magic Johnson, Nolan Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I love Nolan I mean, Ryan. Henry Ford. I mean, yeah, fuck he, Henry and he, Ford. So he innovated. Yeah. Well, so he's kind of created some of that slavery in that he is the one who innovated the fucking uh, assembly line. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but also no. he used to hire goons to beat his employees. Uh, why so. not? <laughs> that's I mean, that, that's when the dyslexic up. mind goes a, a little too wrong. Too much oh, yeah. narcissism is uh, it, it, things go sideways. But the powerful people controlling our world—they're fucking dyslexic as well. The, like the, the all like the, the money, the the power and control. Like there's a man. It's nuts. The Rockefellers. Uh, who is the other ones? The Rothschilds, I think. Yeah, they're on the list too, bro. So like, yeah, if you want to be successful, find you a dyslexic, get that dyslexic, an autistic person to keep them organized, and you can win at anything. Yeah, it's, uh, the, it's a lot of people. And that's why like, I, I wanted to be able to come here, and I thank you for being able to, I, to just even, even these little nuggets of this awareness, uh, absolutely imperative. Yeah. To, and getting the word out there. So I, I appreciate it. And, but that's why I'm, I'm recruiting dyslexics myself. If, if you, if you are talented, if you, if you draw, you paint, what, whatever your creative is, you write. Uh, cause I, I got tons of stories that I've got the big, I'm a big picture thinker, right? So I have universes, right? But I need to scale it down into the dialogue and all of the, the, the specifics of the actual story. And I'm, it, it's so big that it, it's a daunting task, but then I also need to, I, I can't then devote time to the, or as much time to the, the visual aspects, right? Mm-hmm. And then my hope is to the music. I, I, I need any, any kind of creative process, man. I, I'm, I'm in it because like your friend, I, I'm a little different in that I, I'm a jack of all trades and I hope to succeed enough that I can put myself in that polymath uh, mm-hmm. category myself. But I, I, there's so many things, like you said, your passion was hard to define because there's so many things, right? Uh, the same for me. All, all of this is is my passion. I'm I'm tacking it at, at at every level I can, except for social media, uh, because I don't fuck social media. Uh, Anti social media productions uh, coming at you with uh, mellow yellow and a bunch of dojo ink shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well let's let's get back to dojo ink for a little bit because I was a little unclear on, okay. on what specifically. You you seem to focus on like uh, like illustrators that you're that you're primarily looking for illustrators and storytellers. What is the actual like? Is it is it a graphic novel? Is it a series I, of comics? I, I, like I have what? I have tons of ideas in all creative mm-hmm. capacities, but my 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 passion project it's a story called Rising Sun, R I Z I N G S O N. So, but I, I'm a I, 
I'm a very passionate about the Japanese culture, which is why my, my hair is up. It is, this is not a man bun. It is a top knot. Don't get it twisted. Don't get cut down. <laughs> um, but that, that, that sense of honor, uh, the, of Bushido, I, I just, I fell in love with it. And I, I think it's easy for many people to fall in love with that type of mentality and, um, that type of devout commitment to a, a cause, um, and leadership. Uh, but anyway, I started because I, I watched a bunch of anime, anything I can get my hands on samurai related movies, anime, um, Wu-Tang. I, I, <laughs> Wu-Tang. <laughs> um, I, I, I delved into it and I was like, man, but I'm still, I'm left one. I haven't seen what I want to see yet. And then I was just like, well, we got to create it. And so I just started creating characters and I create ultimately created a universe surrounding these characters. And what it is, it's, it's a, um, in the big picture, it's kind of like an origins of the universe. And, and it's about these characters that are dragons. It's also, so then it's a lot of origin stories kind of spins on things that we have. So dragons, uh, very specifically, um, these characters are, are dragons, but not the serpentine or reptilian sense. They are these very powerful, immortal-like figures who have the ability to kind of shapeshift and change. And um, they are what the legend of dragons are today is based on. These, these beings were so powerful and so on and so forth. So as they interacted with humans and, and formed and shaped our world as it is today and manipulated things, kind of that shadow hand, if you would, um, given rise to these different origins. So they, it, it, their legend grew and then ultimately they were, they became depicted as these serpentine beings and so on and so forth. Godlike things in the Japanese lore, for instance. And then I'm just kind of taking all these different cultural origins. I love the, the native American, uh, cultures, especially the, the Lakota people, um, they have a, a beautiful origin story to like the, the storms. My, my youngest son, his name is Raiden, um, which I told, uh, Heather when, when she presented this name to me, I said, first of all, I love this name. It's a Japanese name. It's, it's the God of thunder. Um, but everybody's going to be like, you named your son after mortal Kombat," And I'm like, <laughs> yes and no. Um, God of Thunder, I didn't but, not. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. But I said, just be prepared for that. Uh, but so we rolled with it. And uh, in the Native American culture, their God of Thunder is it's a it's a female being. Also, it, it, she actually is um, kind of transgender, if you would, which also very much fits in today's society. Um, there's a male and female representation, but the female sure. representation is the Thunder Goddess, and she is known as the Wakia, and the the male representation is on earth and it is a, is a person in the tribe and it was a very revered person and they're known as the Hayoka. And if you've not heard that term, it means sacred clown or holy fool, something of that nature. They are the, I love it. Absolutely. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a most fascinating fucking archetype also tied to dyslexia and creativity and why the creativity is very important. It is extremely interesting. Um, but the Hayoka was like the, jester but so they were the clown of the tribe they were highly highly revered because you have to be chosen in order to become the hayoka you are you either have dreams of the thunder being and you're presented with these images and you have to talk to an elder and they decide that you've been chosen to become the hayoka or you physically get struck by lightning and survive 
And that is an immediate sign that you are of the backwards way. And um, the origin story of how the Hayoka comes to being is very fascinating because the Wakian lives in the West. She has a big cedar teepee. Um, and the cedar is very important, but it's open to the east, to the sunrise, so the door. Four brothers come. They're creating the directions, north, south, east, and west. The first direction created is west because west is creation. It's where the sun sets. It is the darkness, and the Native Americans believe that the darkness is creation itself. Um, everything, even the light, came from the darkness. So darkness is revered. The west is the first direction. The first brother goes in, enters into this giant cedar log teepee, goes straight to the far side and is presented with a giant eye. Things get all wonky for him. Everything gets backwards then. He comes out, his clothes are backwards, his hair's in his face, everything. He's speaking backwards, saying goodbye and so on and so forth when he's greeting his brothers. And he is the, the Hayoka. He is the, the backwards way. So everything that the Hayoka does within the tribe is to uplift the tribe. So in times of famine, the Hayoka would go around and and they would talk about how full they were. Oh, I'm so full. And it would make the people laugh because laughter is the medicine of chaos. So they had to be very creative in how they, they uplifted the tribe. Now, why I loved it so much is because this contrarian jester role was revered by the elders. They were allowed to disrupt the, um, the rituals. And the elders allowed them to because they and allowed them to bring in their humor and so on and so forth because it expanded the boundaries of the tribe, the the laws of the tribe. So they they actually listened and revered these these role, this character within the tribe. And we need that today. We have stand up comedians, but they're not actually allowed and heard by our leaders and in, in the stuff that we're talking about in our society today. So the Hayoka is of the, the highest order. I'm for it. I'm all, all aboard. I'm look, into it. Look that shit up. Sacred clowns and <laughs> and permissible disruption. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> how could you not be down for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's um and it's no surprise that it's also then tied to the 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 dyslexia and stuff too because they talk about being dyslexic or being born breech and it, all of these backwards things and it's Sure. Being left-handed. Left-handed, absolutely. Yeah. Left-handed is highly, highly um, a sign of dyslexia because the right brain controls the left side. Yeah, there's there's a lot of weird mirror image type shit and how, like, how the, like, from, from all the, the brain scan yeah. stuff. And that's that exactly, seen, like, I, I shouldn't talk about this because I'm... No, absolutely. I'm mirroring is, mirroring is absolutely ass, important for me. It's, it's also a passion of mine to discuss the, the act of mirroring. And in terms of parenting, since we were on that subject earlier, mm-hmm. our children are our mirrors. Oh, they show you. They show <laughs> are you they ever. They show you everything about your true self. Mm-hmm. They reflect to you with one hundred percent authenticity, and you, you can't avoid it. But we try. We try to ignore it. We try to beat it out of them, or yell it out of them, or whatever it is. But it it is ourself. That's probably why so many parents resent their kids too. Absolutely, is, fucking is absolutely, because it it's is. just like getting slapped in the face with your own bullshit every, every day. fucking yeah, day. One hundred percent. At every moment, every I turn. value that shit. Like, man. having kids has made me a better person no. just for that fact. I, I'm, a, I'm a greater man for sure. And, man, yeah, it, it, because that is, that is the purest form of creation. We, we are creators. And, and I, I say that we are our own gods because we, we have the, the ability to create life. But then we, we can create life up here. 
I've created universes. And as we've seen, there's tons of creativity that's happening all around us. And you can, you can free yourself. I believe that wholly. Just spill a little bit of that baby batter. <laughs> exactly. The juice of life. <laughs> on that note, I'm about to go piss my pants. Hold on. That's right. I, you can go ahead and y'all keep it going. You can relieve yourself of a little ball snot if you need to. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, that's inappropriate. <laughs> ball boogers. <laughs> so. But to your point, Ryan, I'm sorry. You're good. Um, to your process, uh, I greatly appreciate your platform, bro. Yeah. It, it is. Thank you. I, I believe Thank it's absolutely necessary. Um, yeah, my pleasure, bro. My pleasure. I, I'm, I'm, I was so excited once you reached out to me. And I was like, I got I to gotta figure out how to make this happen. I was about to call yeah. into work. I, I was like, Heather's going to be so mad at me. I was like, but I have to do it. But uh, fortunately, it worked out, man. I, I appreciate you. Yeah, um, no problem, man. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's one of those things that I, I think is important in creativity sometimes. And it's something that I heard in a Tim Ferriss, heard in a Tim Ferriss book, but read in a Tim Ferriss book. And that's scratching your own itch. Like yeah. if you have something that you're like, man, I wish this was a thing, you know? And yeah. that's kind of how it started for me because I became really interested in the creative process by not understanding my own and understanding like what works. Like I just wanted my, my brain works very logically. Like I need step by step by step by step. And then I can that's, smash that. That's shit. that, that's that left brain process. Exactly. Like I'm a very left brain heavy person. So you, you when, have, I, when the, I have you something, have the autism with, within your, uh, within your family, like with yeah. your, your nephew, for yeah. instance, uh, and definitely. I have, I have a small measure of it myself yeah. for sure. And like, I've never been diagnosed, a- but As- I just kind of know. Asperger's is a phenomenal thing. Yeah. I, that's, I, I, I put, Heather in that category she's that on that autistic end of things but because she is a very highly logical highly literal mm-hmm. left brain linear processor right. she has to know all the rules up front yeah and then she, like you said then she can bang it out yeah exactly. she, needs, she needs finished products and so on and so forth it's it's very and she also lacks the ability to visualize like mm-hmm. a room like if she like we're about to move into a new place and it's difficult for her to like visualize things like where, how it might fit into a room, look in the room. So she can't, she has to literally see it yeah, or and, physically. And I struggle with that too. Like, yeah. but, but at the same time I, I've had this, I kept my face so uh, turned away. No, from you're the good. You're so good. That's fine. <laughs> um, so th- that's been a struggle for me because I've always wanted to push myself in that direction, you know? So I had to kind of reconcile like, okay, what, what's really working for me and what do I want and how do I kind of meet in the middle? But this was a result of just scratching my own itch, just, just wanting to learn more from other people and how they're seeing it and not finding a satisfying answer for that. Like I I looked around for (laughs) podcasts and I didn't find anything completely satisfying and I don't want to, throw anybody under the bus because if you're making a thing cool, dude, I'm not going to shit on your thing, but, um, th- there just wasn't anything satisfying. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's and, how I felt about the samurai stuff. It wasn't yeah. that it wasn't satisfying, but there was some, something to something, be desired. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is also too, for us about scratching an itch. He, when I first met him, he's like, I want to do a podcast. And he's like, I want to do you do a podcast. I was like, let's, just, let's do it. Yeah. Like that's what I'm, I'm looking for people too. like, I want people who are ambitious and they're, and they're ready to, I've worked with a lot of creative people, but they're, they're afraid to take the plunge. Yeah. And that, that's it's a terrifying. real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, it's, it's difficult to get out of your own way. And that's, that's absolutely imperative to the creative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in uh, Joe Rogan and uh, Post Malone. They were talking about that as well. And they were talking about like, if I didn't have any, it, Post Malone was talking about if like, I didn't have anything coursing through my veins, except for blood, I don't know that I would have the, the ideas, the creativity. So there's, 
there's something to be said about that too. And psychedelics are, <laughs> I believe, definitely a part of the creative process uh, on so many levels. Can be. It, indeed it can. I don't condone any uh, nefarious activities. Don't get yourself in trouble. That's all. Come on, Indiana. Get yourself in do, <laughs> do your research. Understand what you're getting into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be responsible man, and yeah. respectful. Be responsible. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or else get bitch slapped by your own ego nonsense. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And sometimes, you know, by your significant other. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. She's she's my mirror. <laughs> the, Dumbass. The, the, the best metaphor or the best analogy that I've heard as far as that goes was on a Joe Rogan episode where he had Maynard James Keenan on there and they were talking about it. And uh, they were just like, you know, prepare. You know, if you're going to go on a hike, you should prepare. If you're going to go on a hike in Death Valley, you should prepare. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't, Mother Nature is not going to give a shit. That mother's na- Mother Nature is yeah. not going to say, okay, well, since you think you're special, you're okay. No, Mother Nature is going to just fuck you up. Absolutely. And, 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 and oh, yeah. that, that made me think of uh, Lil Wayne, uh, my favorite rapper. He recently, he, he went through a huge shift, a, a, a giant transition, and he became a skater dude. So he started skateboarding. And it was a beautiful story. And I was like, man, it's so weird, like, just a strange thing to get into. But what he, what he started talking about, he was just like, man, I, I would be sitting and just watching TV. Like when I'd be out on the road and stuff. And he was just like, man, I, he was, he was, I think he was just talking about, it, it was about his creative process, but he, nothing was getting into him. But so he started watching like skating, like X games or something. So he got interested in it and he started, he's like, man, I'm going to try it out. So when he started skateboarding, what he said about it was he said nothing. I, He's like, I was so happy to find skateboarding because when you're on the board, he's like, the board will let you know if you stray up mm-hmm. here. So it was a thing that kept his mind. It, it turned off everything else, and he had to be 100% focused on what he was doing. Otherwise, like I said, the board was gonna, is going to let you know when you're not paying attention and you're going to fall off. Just like, right. like you said, it, nature's going <laughs> to gobble you up. It's a good, it's a good tool for flow states too to have yeah. some kind of outlet flow state in that is, way. I, I'm, I'm working on trying to hone and control my flow state uh, I go I, I don't like driving uh, because that I, I that is such an automatic thing for me that I, if I'm not if I'm not singing to the music my mind will stray and all of a sudden I'll go into this flow state of thought processing and then I won't have any idea where I'm at. I'll, like you said, like I'll go somewhere else and then I'll look up and I'm like, Oh, did I miss my, I don't have any idea. I don't know how long I've been driving like this. Like it's scary, but you know, you're on on autopilot, right? Because you've, you've done this so many times. Just wormhole. It's yeah. It scares me. So, but I've, I've had some success being able to hone that in. I, I, I went through this like three week period where as my friend, but he said, your words are like water, bro. And I, I was like, because it, it was, it was just, I just had this tremendous output of just poems that I was writing and just, it, it was a beautiful thing. And yeah, I, I, man, I, I hope to be able to hone that more as, as well. Any experience flow state with either of you? Oh, pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. De- oh, definitely. Elaborate, please. Well, I mean, you we've, have we've both got 100% of my interest. The, the jujitsu thing in common. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Yeah, getting getting it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you're not paying attention, if you're not 100 yeah. percent present, uh, you're gonna get your ass choked out or something. Well, yeah. but there's there's also uh, like once you hit a certain point of proficiency and 
And I don't, I don't know. I've, I've definitely like lost a few steps, like with, with being away from it for so long. But, but there's a point where you almost naturally kind of shut off the thought yeah, and just exist in like the pure moment. And the thought becomes the action, so to speak, where it's like, where it's just like a, like a point for me, at least it's a point of, of like pure wholeness, right? It's yeah. like, it's like the zero to the one, like it takes the one away and it's just the everything. Right. So like, and I, I learned this very specifically through, um, through rolling with a, uh, he's a black belt now, but, um, was, I think a purple when I first met him, a guy named Joel Bland, who's just the, one of the most badass motherfuckers I've ever met in my yeah. life. He's just, he's a savage. He's, I don't know. He's like maybe five, five and a monster, just like a, just a demon of a, of a person. Right. Um, <laughs> but in a good way. Oh yeah. But he's the a nice sweetie pie. This guy can just rip you apart and do whatever he wants with your body. But he's like, yeah, just absolute sweetheart of a oh, guy yeah. and just super real down mm-hmm. to earth. Yep. Not going to pull any punches, but not it, at all in a role, especially when he's exclusively wanting to flow roll, you take all of the strength out of it. And it becomes this almost like Tai Chi Chuan style, nice. like flowy, very intertwined, liquidy, like, like I feel what you're doing. And I'm like countering that in real time. And it's just like, I without, actually, without the thought you got out, you get out of your own way. Yeah. And so he kind of showed me that, that that was possible without any words, Beautiful. just with his own motion and my like kind of energetic, like feeling of his presence in there. And I, I later applied that my first tournament as a blue belt, um, my very first round, I actually went up against, uh, a, a blind opponent. <laughs> nice. And I would be scared of that person. I think, Oh, I was, I was kind of shit in my pants. Right. Because I'm like, <laughs> this, this guy actually has a really great record. Like, I don't know what to expect here. And we started out where we had, uh, I feel like I talked about this on a previous yeah, it was, episode. It was on a previous episode, but yeah. that's okay. Go ahead. No, right. but so we started out with grips, right? Because he so was at a distinct disadvantage. Like if, if we, if we didn't have contact starting out, like, I'm just going to double leg. I mean, he's not going to know, you know, so that we started out with grips and I could feel, and it wasn't a, a, a flow necessarily. It was definitely like, you know, going for the win, but I could feel that all of what he was doing since he didn't have any eyesight at all was purely based off of what he felt my body doing. So I, I almost yeah. had to like, like remove the mental processing of my visual input and focus exclusively on the feeling of the moment. And that was definitely a very flow state like nice. experience there. But yeah, just, I don't know. It's, it, it feels like magic. It, and, and then man. you strangled him. Oh, I strangled the <laughs> shit out of him. Oh, yeah. Be careful. With that <laughs> yeah, don't please. strangle the mic. Don't <laughs> strangle the mic. Uh, but, uh, and then also I've done a lot of, uh, a lot of like, um, hosting in the past for stuff like, um, variety shows and burlesque shows and, and whatnot. And, and being, in like in a pure moment where it's just me alone on a stage with a bar full of people and I've got like some shit that I'm supposed to say about a performer, but like, I don't necessarily want to say just that. Like I want to kind of say whatever comes to me and it just kind of comes in real time. And then like you get this, this moment of feedback from the audience. Like they respond to what you say with hopefully laughs and then that laugh fuels the next thing that comes out. And that's, that's, that's that same thing. It's the exact same thing, like how it feels energetically within me, but it's a totally different, it's not physical. It's just this. Yeah. So 
I love it. Uh, yeah, like I, and, and when I was, especially had that flow state in the writing, it was like I, I believe inspiration is all around us at all the, all times, and there'd just be like little moments or certain words that might hit me, and I'd be like, oh, that's a poem, and like I wouldn't have any intention, but it, it would just I'd write this this title out or these or I might have an idea, and it just then just words just just fall into place. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. weird. What's your uh, what about you, Ryan? I think. Um, I forget what the exact words are for it, but I think you kind of hit it on the head words. Um, there, there's no separation between the action that you're taking and the thought that's producing it. Like they, they, they become one for it. Synchronized. For, yeah. So I have a lot of experience with that in jujitsu. Um, but also a lot of experience with that in music. Cause um, Ryan's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I do music. Knock anybody out yet? Did I not? Have you, have you uh, submitted anyone? I've submitted a lot of people. But, uh, that, I mean, have I choked anybody unconscious? Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. a couple. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, including including yeah. my, my buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were doing... Uh, How was it? Uh, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can appreciate that. I wasn't, wasn't mad at it. I can appreciate yeah. that. We were doing a uh, we were doing a drill that frequently like has somebody strangled unconscious, and you're starting off with what's nice. what's called a cross collar choke. So I have my hand on the lapel, and my hand on the other side of the lapel, and usually usually got to fight for those grips. But in this particular drill, you start with your grips mm. in those in that place, and then he says go. I start to strangle him, and he starts working on the defense that we just learned. Trying to get out of it. Trying yeah. to get out of it. And uh, he was a little late on the draw, and then he started convulsing and snoring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a little scared. I was I was committed to, to fighting all the way through. Hey, Zero I taps. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Because <laughs> that, that's a hard thing, I think, for to commit like that and to have that trust, though, too. Um, yeah. That's a, yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. There are a few humans I trust on this planet more than Ryan Selleck. Uh, you can say it. I love you, man. I do love you, Ryan. He knows that. Vulnerability is important. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the show's all about. Absolutely. But as far as like flow states with, with music, I definitely notice that when playing in a band and sometimes when I'm playing by myself. um, Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. When you, you, when somebody goes in, you know, they're in another place. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with, uh, with my old band, Edwards Adoras, we, um, we locked into that all the time and we, we just, we just knew how to get on that wavelength together. And like, we wouldn't even set out to play anything. We would just start making sounds just and warm it up for boom. Rehearsal. It, just, it would just hit a wave and I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing anymore. I'm just, I'm just, it's just happening and I'm just observing it. And, as that's, soon as, as that's soon an as, interesting way of putting it. I, I'm not actually doing, I'm observing myself. Yeah. yeah I'm beautiful. Yeah. And if I start thinking about what's happening or if I think about what you're thinking about, what's happening. You know, if I, if I think like, Oh man, can, can they hear my guitar or, um, can the, is Noah's bass too loud in the audience? If I have a moment like that, I'll lose it. And Absolutely. I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, oh I gotta get back up. Oh, all right. And then it takes, there's a little bit of an adjustment period where you kind of, I mean, you're, it's like literally like riding a wave and then you kind of fall off for a second and you kind of have to find it, that. Can you find again. it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then, and then you're back. Fuck. Yeah. I started thinking. I started, yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Your brain gets in your way. Yeah. I, I'd love to, to fill you guys in on, on how I perceive that. Cause, because I've, you, when you guys would rehearse and you would warm up for your rehearsals, that's like the most pure expression of musical flow that I've ever witnessed in my 
fucking life. <laughs> and so it starts, it, it always started out like from the, from the times I was lucky enough to sit in, it always started out as like somebody playing a little ditty, like some little riff or something that maybe they'd been working on or just like Noah noodling around on the bass or whatever. And then someone else would jump in almost in response. And so starting out when everyone got involved, it was kind of like they were communicating back and forth through their instruments. Mm -hmm. And then once they were all on the same page, like conversationally, then it became this fucking ball of like tangible energy that was just like consumed everything (laughs) and mind blowing in every possible way. Like I don't, I don't have a big enough vocabulary to describe just how incredible and intense like those moments, like, like were. just because I mean, they're, they're all super talented guys, but they also operate each of them operate on a very atypical frequency that lent itself really, really well to making excellent music. So it's a lot of fun. We had great chemistry together. You know, yes. like we just, we just knew what the other person was thinking. Good chemicals. We, good chemicals. We knew it was. That's a band name. We, yeah. Good chemicals. So what about you, Joey? Uh, tell us about your experiences with uh, flow state. Yeah. So as, as I described with the, the words, but uh, my, my skateboard, uh, like little Wayne uh, is, is singing. Like I, I sing to my sons uh, like, you know, bedtime and stuff like that. And um, if I'm not, I, it, singing is ex- absolutely difficult for me and it, it takes 100% of my attention to remember the lyrics, the pitch melody, all, all of that stuff. And if I, as soon as I start thinking, like I'll either go into a cycle where I'm starting to either repeat or I'll just skip like a whole <laughs> verse or something. I'm like, how did I get here so quickly? Mm. Uh, yeah. So it, like you said, I'm thinking again. And I was like, damn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that is a, an interesting thing, um, for me. So when I need to not think I, I, I'll just sing to myself and it just to turn it off for a minute, just to go into a different mode to is, pull yourself out of that. How do you, like, if you were like, let's, let's say you're writing poetry, for example, have you ever had times where you felt like you've had writer's block? Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, I, I've kind of been in that state now. I've kind of changed my mode. I've switched gears and we've been working on this podcast and stuff. So my focus is a little different. So I, I really haven't been writing much over the last three weeks, for instance. And I, I've sat down to, to write a few little things, but um, that, that word flow is not, I'm not in that, that vibration right now. Um, but I look forward to getting back into it because uh, it, it's become my, my favorite outlet. So we're talking about the creative process and how I started writing poems in the first place was is as a proud dyslexic i i start a whole bunch of shit uh i, I don't finish very much um so but it's also heart raising kids i started writing uh because i i needed to do something that i could start and finish today now so right. i started writing these little i just started putting down thoughts and i was like oh this is interesting so i just it put me in this state so and and i, I honestly i credit my sons for it um Actually, I, I, to start out, my one of my best friends, his his grandmother passed away, and it was like the the first major. It's the, the first loss in his life in thirty years, right? So he got thirty years and uh, lost the matriarch of their family, right? And I just I don't know. During that time, I just felt this wave of energy, this this, this deep empathy for my my friend and his loss for his family, because uh, I, I know a lot of them. 
And it, it just kind of inspired me to, uh, I, I wrote some words, you know, kind of aimed at him. And I was like, man, I, I kind of like that. And then I had this experience with my sons and it, it changed me forever. Um, I, I don't know how spiritual or we, you talked about energy feelings and so on and so forth. But, but they put me on a wave. Um, I don't, I don't know if we want to get into this. It might be a little lengthy. I, I don't know what I'm kind of, um, get, go for it. Uh, Jump in. It, it's such a profound experience, man. Um, and I, I've been chasing it ever since. And that's what helped me try to push myself into these flow states because what it was is we were taking on, um, another, so I had my two sons and they were both very young. Um, <laughs> I'm not even sure, one and a half in like six months, something like that. I don't know. Uh, my, my my youngest son wasn't holding his bottle yet. So, because that's an important part of the story. So we were supposed to be taking custody of another infant from, from within our extended family, um, bad situation. So we stepped in and uh, the day before he was to come, and this is, even these infants are very intuitive, I believe, because my thing was with my youngest son, I was like, man, I, I was working so hard to get him to hold his bottle and he just wouldn't do it. He refused. So this is the day before um, this, we're supposed to take custody of this other uh, infant, newborn. And it, my, I'm sitting there, I'm holding him and I'm, I'm very stressed out and I've got both of my sons. And, and then all of a sudden my youngest, he just starts holding his bottle on his own. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I, I can't believe this is happening right now. I, it's like he knew that this big change is about to come tomorrow. And then, um, my, my other youngest son, I mean, my oldest son, like he's crying. So I'm, I got pull him up into my lap and there was an incident that morning where Heather had a migraine when she woke up and she, my oldest son crawled up next to her and she was like, just put your head on my head and, you know, take mommy's headache away. And so she said, she tells me this, right. And I had just gotten home from working at FedEx and she's like, um, yeah, my, he, he took my headache away, I feel. And I was like, that's interesting. I was like, I just kind of brushed it off, just kind of discredited it, if you would. And then like an hour later, she, she forwards me a, a, an article from her friend who randomly sent it to her that morning. It was labeled Children Who Heal People. And I was like, that's fucking weird. So then I read this thing, and it's talking about crystal children. And they have blue eyes and... Blonde hair, or like all these, I don't know, these different features. I, I don't know all of them offhand, but blue eyes was one of them, big blue eyes and so on and so from my sons. They're Aryan Asians, if you don't know. They're blonde hair, blue eyed, little flat facers. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, I know this is lengthy. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, she was like, if you start feeling bad today, just put your head on Remy and my oldest son and see if it helps. And I was like, I was like, so, so that's what she told me before she went to work. Then she sends me the article. I read it, and I was like, very interesting. And then so later that day, once he starts holding his bottle, I, my oldest son is crying. I'm trying to get him up into my lap and put him to sleep. I said, I just come here, buddy. Mom said it's okay because I had this fucking crazy-ass migraine myself because um, we were preparing for all of this, uh, for this kid to come. And he, he gets up in my lap, and I start singing to him. I'm trying to calm him down. I sing this song, uh, this Jamie Foxx song to uh, put them to sleep. And in this moment, like it hits me, these lyrics hit me because it's about an angel and comes back to earth for some unfinished business. And that's his child. Right. So in uh, the chorus is um, heaven will never be the same uh, because, they, the, you know, the angel's gone. So 
I started thinking about the song and it made me hyper emotional. So I, I start crying and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very emotional in this moment. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, oh, I need to take my oldest son upstairs and lay him down before he falls all the way asleep on me and I wake him up. So I, I lay my, my, my newborn down and he's still holding his bottom. I'm like, that's fucking crazy. I take my oldest son upstairs and I lay him down and he's like immediately going to sleep on his right side of his face. And he's on my left side facing towards me and I'm laying there for a second next to him. And I just start weeping. Like I'm I, like the most uncontrollable tears uh, of my life. And to date. And then all of a sudden I just felt something to my left and I turned, I turned my head over on the pillow cause I'm laying on my back. And, and when I did, he was like just staring through my, like my left ear and I turned and we just locked eyes and what happened next changed me forever. His eyes rolled up into his head, but not in a like seizure type of way, but they just went up and stayed, but where I couldn't see his, his iris and pupil. And I was like, that's weird. And then he looks at me and, and just immediately comes back and locks eyes with me. And then they roll up again. And, and then he just locks back eyes with me. And I was like, for the first time in my life, I felt like I was like seen is what I can, what I can describe. Cause I'm in this complete vulnerable emotional state. And my son, I, I can't break gaze from him. And all of a sudden I am weeping and sobbing uncontrollably and laughing hysterically. And I am just in this, all of a sudden this wave hits me and it goes over my entire body. And I, I had been exhausted because I was working at FedEx from two in the morning. I would leave at eight. So Heather could go to work. And then I watched my sons immediately. I was exhausted and I felt this wave like go across over my whole body and I want to feel it again. It, what I, the only thing that I can d- describe it as is, is light. I, I felt light. My, I felt n- I was, there was no, all, every piece of tension, every pain, I, I just felt nothing. And I, for like three hours, I couldn't stop lying and uh, crying and laughing. Lying, that's what I was doing. Absolutely. And, and then the interesting thing, I'm, I'm doing all this crying, and then all of a sudden, he just he breaks the gaze and turns over to his, his left cheek immediately falls asleep. And I'm like, I'm laying there like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and I, I'm like, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, like a, a little bit like he just pops up and he, and he's just staring at me with the biggest fucking smile on his face. And he just goes cat. <laughs> and then the cat walked in the fucking do- in the door in the bedroom. What the fuck? I, I took him downstairs and I went back downstairs. My my six month old is laying there just having his bottle, and I I I had to put Remy in the recliner on the other side of the room and remove myself from his presence to just calm down enough so that I could call Heather. And I was trying to explain. She was like, "What is going on? Did you do something to the kids?" And I'm like, "Why is that your first thought?" But the Bro, I've been I'm chasing it ever since. I Hmm. I know, but it 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 profoundly changed me. And ever since then, uh, we're kind of talking about like claircognizance and like this flow state. And these Nikola Tesla talks about he he was a receiver, and and nothing more that he was a receiver. That this the information, his ideas, they were sent to him. I believe him, bro, because. 
I, I start after that, I started asking myself, because I was doing all this neuroscience research, dys- dyslexia stuff, like really delving deep into it. Like, um, and, and I, so I started asking my sons at night when I was putting them in bed, I was like, all right, daddy's looking for some answers to these things. And then I would go lay down and kind of meditate. I, I do a lot of meditating as well. I believe in the practice of meditating. Um, and it would just start answers. I, I, I can't explain it. So that, that also ties then into that flow state and, Magical stuff. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's and that's where I'm at today. We we were having a very similar conversation about this, and yeah. that kind of started with my my story earlier about my my two nieces right here, and then he had a similar experience, which I think was talk about that at a different time. Slightly <laughs> under the influence. Yeah, but um, but it, it was a baby, and and we started kind of kind of uh um um what's the word i'm looking for kind of just, just talking about that that sort of idea that these children they essentially come out of the universe and they have none of the conditioning that we have they're completely vulnerable they are wide open and nothing has been shutting them down like it's like this entire process of becoming a human being yeah. is is like putting up those walls and the pipe is complete and intact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever is over it there. is. Just, yeah. the, just the universal pool of conscious, the blob, yeah. Yeah. the God blob that we're all the tethered to. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe in the, the, uh, everything is connected. Yeah. Everything we, we are all, this all happened for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And I believe that all is as it should be. And I know that's a, a crazy thing to hear in these crazy fucking times in this world that we're living in today in, in 2020 and whatever today's date is, I have no idea. So very, very often the timing of things is precise and perfect. I believe in the purposefulness. If not in the inherent purpose, then people should believe at least that you give things purpose. You know, you give things meaning. Like Absolutely. I can draw a W on the, on the paper right now, that W doesn't mean shit. Like in the looks grand like scheme, it looks of, like an M to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Wisconsin to me. Yeah, in, in the grand scheme of everything, so you show this W to the other side of the universe, that means nothing until they tell you what that means, and that's only a W because it's we like agree the, that that's a W. Or if it's, the you need to learn way. how to draw better snakes, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My point, it's exactly. A, but, it's a lightning bolt. But I think hey. I think more people need Lucky to hone on, in on baby. that. I think more people need to need to hone in on that, that, that like, look, I'm, I'm what's giving this universe meaning. I am the alpha and omega. I am, I am basically turning this sea of particles and electrons into something meaningful and tangible with my consciousness. With intention. Dojo Inc. is, is is that bro that connected us. And I, um, I believe that the people will, we will find each other. And and uh, I, I believe in what we're doing and, and what you guys are doing as well. And you guys are finding people and it's going to continue to plug more people. And I, I'm greatly appreciative. Thanks, right, man. Thank Absolutely, you. man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm down to whatever, however I can, I can help propel you guys too, man. Please, you have but to ask. Well, instead of asking, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about before we uh, let you guys go, because we're about at that point where we can start winding it down. But, um, one of the, one of the things I really wanted, um, to impart with you guys, since you are starting, uh, you're, you're starting Dojo Inc. You're starting Mellow and Yellow. It's like, 
Um, so the way that digital media is nowadays, basically anything that you put out there is, is a funnel. It's a potential way to catch people. Like you, you put out a funnel. Like I started thinking about this as a musician. If I make a song, that's a funnel. If I make a posting on social media, that's another funnel. Um, a lot of people, they'll, they'll make the thing and then call it a day. The thing is, is you, you need to extrapolate as many funnels as you can with the things that you can. And, and you can absolutely delegate this process, but it's something that you need to be thinking about. So, for instance, what we're doing is we're recording the podcast. That's one funnel. We're recording the video. This is going on YouTube. That's Absolutely. another funnel. Um, we go through the videos and we find little nice, nice little clips. Yeah. yeah. We cut those out. We put them on state. Instagram. That's another funnel. Um, write a we, blog we write, about some of the episode content or exactly. some of the impact that was had. Exactly. Yeah. Every single episode we write a blog and the blog serves two uh, purposes. The blog is um, not only a place where the, is that, the entire is that on the forging flame as well. Forgingflame.com. Yeah, All right, yep. I'm gonna. I, I, yep. I, I tried to get, get on there. And I was like, God damn it! What's the name of that thing? <laughs> I couldn't find it. And I was like, I can't. I, my pride is too For, heavy. Forgingflame. But then it came back. To me. Yeah. So there's a blog for every single episode, and and blogging is is important because when we're talking about the episode, we're, we're putting keywords up there. I mean, yeah. and not in a, not in like a gross, yeah. like reverse engineering way, but I mean, when we're talking about it, it's inevitably going to hit things yeah. that people will inevitably find. Got to diversify. And we keep doing this. We keep doing this. We hit as many different angles and put it in. So with one episode, we could essentially get seven or eight funnels. Yeah. And it's mostly effortless. Yeah. It's because it, once you've once you've completed the product, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and also back to Dojo Inc. and in that regard, is that I, I'm I'm attacking it on all all fronts, especially yeah. the dyslexia thing. Like uh, I, I hope to have a website, publish the poems, uh, much like you guys are doing your own thing, and it's very inspirational. You guys inspire me, and that's the greatest compliment I believe you can give to anybody. Um, Feels good, man, doesn't it? Uh, I hope to inspire as well. Um, but I, I hope to uh, be able to, I, I want to do a um, a documentary on the dyslexia aspect and and also the poems too, because my poem, my poetry style. So back into the creative process is I write in a very um, interesting manner to say the least. Um, but it, it requires a significant amount of decoding so the the point of the writing the way my writing style is a to put it in a flow in a minimal minimal amount of words kidding. now that's just the text but in the poetry yeah. it's a little different uh slightly differently <laughs> formatted but it requires you to pause so my my theory on it is is that the dyslexic mind will be able to decode this easier and quicker and take the information away easier and more efficiently the flip side of that what i've what i've learned and why i text this way too as kind of a social experiment, it kind of started out. And what I found is some people, they, they refuse to read it. And the, the, so in the art of the backwards way, it's very intriguing to me because in school, for me as a, a young budding dyslexic, they're like, you're lazy. You're just not, you, you, you don't, you, you just don't want to read it. You just don't want to do the work. And I'm like, no, I refuse now. And so now the way I write, there's people, there's certain people, they refuse. They will not read it. <laughs> They're like, no, this is, it's too much. I can't understand it. I'm like, well, if you can't decode it, then you can't have the information because you're being lazy. You could also argue that it's not fair of you to put them in your box. 
Indeed. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but I'm putting them outside of the box. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you know, everything kind of exists on a spectrum, right? So it, it does make sense that, you know, there very well may be for someone who is like, for someone who might be like just the archetypal fit into that, like, industrialized like you know shitty box that we all hate so fucking much but that perfect person very well might just have a cognitive issue with processing that information the way that you you deliver it absolutely and and i'm okay with that and because that that's that's a part of the awareness get a taste Uh, of how it feels get your own medicine mother truckers um but for instance i'll share a story uh i (laughs) I, I met this couple and I started talking. They asked me what I did. And I was just like, well, they, they, he, he told me that he drew. And I was like, oh, I have to know you, bro. Like, you got to share your work with me. And he was like, well, I, I, you got to share something. I was like, man, I'm a, I, I'm a poet. So I, so I showed him, you know, one of the poems. I let him read one, right? And he was like, he was like man, he, he wouldn't even read it. He was just like, what? what He's like, man, this isn't poetry. Like, poetry is supposed to make you feel. It's supposed to hit you in your feels. He's like, this is like, is it a gimmick? Is it a gimmick? And I said, man, I can appreciate that perspective. And to some degree, yes, but no, there's, there's actual, it, take the time to decode it and you'll understand. So he's like, nah, like, poetry is supposed to make you feel. And I said, dude, you haven't even read one of my poems and it's making you feel something right now. <laughs> so I, I, I'm point. the most powerful poet of all time already. Now, and then the other thing, like, so his, his, <laughs> His girlfriend, um, she wants, she's like, oh, I, I want it. She, so she's like, I want to read one. So I'll, I'll lead it, read, read this one. I, I started picking one. I was like, all right. I was like, oh, this one, you, you don't have kids. And she's like, no, I do have a kid. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, all right. I was like, this is written for you. It's a very simple poem. It's six lines. And she reads this poem. It's, it's titled, Pick Up Your Toys. And I'll, I'll send it to you, and you can post it up there if you want to. Six simple lines. And she reads this, and she just starts crying. Like this tear comes out, right? And because it's such a simple but impactful message, and um, I'll I'll read it if you want. It, um, but uh, he looks at me. And he goes, "Cause I had been saying, well, I, I got food that I'm trying to eat. I got some spaghetti. And like, as soon as this happens, she reads. She's like, and he goes, "Man, just go ahead and go eat your spaghetti, man." I was like, "All right, bro." <laughs> <laughs> so I, it just. Uh, but uh, let me see if uh, airplane mode will allow me to uh, pull it up. Drop it, it up. Drop it like it's hot. But th- this message is important. We talked about it earlier, so it, it was so important to me that I felt the need to uh, write a poem about it. So, pick up your toys. The greatest lesson, they must do it by themselves, but not alone. Be their guide, not their cleaner. And... It was important. It's important to me because I, I, I spoke about my, my, my son's mother. She, if, if I wasn't there to balance her out and to provide the discipline that I do with my sons, she would pick up their toys because she's not interested in, she wasn't, she, she is now, she's, she's, um, she's very good. Um, but she had to discipline herself to, to discipline them. And that is, that's difficult. Cause she wanted it done now, and it's a lot of trouble. As you may be aware, we're trying to get them to do anything. So can uh, be, can be. I appreciate you allowing me to share. Thanks for thanks for <laughs> dropping it on us, man. Yeah. yeah. And before before we get too deep in, I, I do I would like baby Nick Mello to hop on the mic and just it's just DJ Burning Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Is that What's a reference up? to the gingerism? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, get, get him set up here. Absolutely. Tell, I'm going to break it. No, tell us. 
Absolutely. All right. Tell us who you are and what you're all about, baby Nick. What you about? I'm a 20 year old fat kid. Uh, <laughs> Respect. Just got Respect. nothing else better to do. Uh, White privilege. <laughs> no, I just uh, my I'm like Joey in that I read people. I'm a people person. He's very observant. Yeah. Um, my love language is touch. So I like, you know, I'll give you a hug, give you a fist bump, whatever you want. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just with the flow. I'm mellow. He's yellow. That's about it. Nice. Right on. All right. Do you do, you do anything to, to make ducats these days? You got, got a jobby job? What do you do for a living? Uh, yeah, I work uh, in retail with this, uh, this good old boy. Okay. Nice. Trying to make that dough for a little bit. Sure. Before the before the media empire launches. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. He has ambitions to become the the next Chris Farley. That's his passion in life. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He's fat man in a little <laughs> coat and uh Yeah, yeah you're, about you're, it. you're gonna have to way step up the crazy <laughs> Yeah, I know. Get some coke or something, you know. Yeah, gotta yeah, do well started, as, as long as you're doing the heroin mellow, too. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta balance it out with the heroin <laughs> and with the screaming. Yeah, but yeah. then I get all the uh, models, right? Yeah. He got all the models, man. Exactly. The All guy with the Coke always gets the model. I know, right? You just got to be big, fat, half Coke. <laughs> I'll say this about Baby Nick. He he embodied, he, he shared with me something about Chris Farley and that he was, um, uh, what was it? So I watched a documentary on uh, Chris Farley, like it was after he died, and his family was like talking about him, and they said that his like philosophy or like his moral in life was to treat everybody like he was just, like meeting Jesus for the first time. Hmm. So I kind of go to like that, like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to be, I'm going to be gung ho meeting you. Like, who nice. are you? Like, I don't care if you killed somebody. I don't care what you did. Like, let's go for it. He's high on trait openness. <laughs> well, I, I do, I do love hearing that. And, and as yep. a fellow Nick, uh, it's worth mentioning that one of my biggest, um, inspirations as a, as a very young person mm-hmm. was Chris Farley, yeah. uh, through Saturday night live. I very much, uh, responded to his charisma, yeah. um, his, his successful fat guyness. Yeah, his, I, mean, I mean, pretty it, much his everything. Everything was just off the top. Yeah. And like the documentary I watched was literally the SNL skits he did. Like none of it, like he did was like off, off the card. It was yeah. like he did a lot of coke and then was like, "I'm going in this." Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like the like the uh, Matt Foley one. That was pretty much just off top of the head. Living like, a van down by dude, the river. I've watched that so many oh, times. I think, yeah. I, I think the first time I watched, it, I was like eight. Like my dad, we gotta <laughs> gotta get back on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> like, Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? You don't use your paper for writing, but for rolling doobies. Uh, but yeah, no, we would we would go on vacations and drive to like Illinois to see some grandparents. And my dad would just have like three movies he'd give us. And it was, it was Saturday night, best of um, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, and then Will Ferrell. So I've watched all of those a hundred times. Like those three guys made, made your boy. I'm into it. I, I very, very much relate to that. I know I brought everybody down with the sexual abuse and my dumbass illiterate poetry, but uh, <laughs> we, we do hope to bring some uh, some of this lighthearted, nonsensical humor into into the world as well. So exactly. Yeah. Well, you're you're both. I mean, meeting meeting you both for the very first time. I know Ryan, you know, has at least met Joey before, but mm-hmm. meeting you both for the first time, you're definitely some pretty. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't give it to a straight doctor. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm coming on please, to you or anything. But <laughs> you're, you're definitely both uh, like very chari- charismatic and easy to talk to guys. Yeah. And I'm personally, whatever it is, even if it's neither of these things, mm-hmm. like I'm excited to see what you guys do for the future. Because yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm just with it. He's he's got more of the brain. Think of stuff like what to do. Like last night we were trying to record and you know shit happened. Uh, and he was mentioning like, we got to do a podcast, just like watching music videos and talking about it. Like yeah. we spent two hours listening to like all these random ass songs. Unfortunately, we didn't record it, but that was some hilarious oh, shit was, going down. It was the best. Yeah. I loved it. But I mean, we haven't come up with a name. So if uh, you want to put something up, people want to throw yeah. some names for our, uh, for our music video, uh, like mystery science theater style, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we did a name for that podcast. We, we still own that creative tip right now too. Yeah, definitely. Something like, uh, well, like Beavis and Butthead meets, um, I don't know, I'm drawing a blank. Trying to, it's actually trying it's to new, it's us. Some like trippy equivalent, you know, like, nah, I, I give up. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, another thing like about me is like music's everything to me. Like I speak through music. Like that's what he noticed about me first was like, when my flow state, I guess, would be listening listening to like old songs that like because like I was born in 1999. This is, this fucking 20 year has the <laughs> most diverse, strange bucket of music. It's weird. I was I was in yes, the, it's the weird. seventh grade when Chris Farley died. Wow, what year was that? <laughs> it was 96, I think. Oh, I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, <laughs> See, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But. I wept. I wept so hard. When Chris Farley died, when Phil Hartman died, and when Tupac died, I cried. I like Tupac. There's I love, my I love poem Tupac. Jelly. I, thrown in I, there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Tupac's oh, great. Tupac's amazing. Yeah, but it, music is 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 that beautiful thing. Uh, it, it has this ability to just. I, I love people who are able to capture these feelings. And yeah. it, it, it's it, it it blows me away. My favorite. My favorite. My favorite, twin, like my favorite is when like you can tell the musicians in it. Man, that, yeah, you know that what I mean? Like, that's when I know, like, I don't care if it sounds the best, but like, if they're feeling it, it's going to sound the best to me. Like, man, I, like I, we found this band. What was it? The, the, the Tessie Brothers. Brothers yeah. This man's voice. I don't know if you put something on, but like, <laughs> we probably can't. That would be illegal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway, but still like this dude's voice. It, I've never heard anything like it. And he's from Australia. Yeah. Sounds like this old black. It's, Dude, it's, it's, kind of it's awesome. like an old deep, deep blues. It's so you, raspy. you can tell they definitely have some roots in like some old R and B stuff. Yeah, it's not nice. to check it out. Teskey Brothers, Teskey Brothers, T E S K E Y, Teskey yeah. Brothers. On it, out of Australia. Get after it, indeed. Well, uh, well, fellas, let's 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 Don't pose for this that. photo real quick, and uh, uh, I don't know if I'm taking it. Is that it? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Well, I think I think now's probably as good a time as any to, to wrap it on up and and uh get our setup here torn down and it's editing time. Get home to our beds or to our chimneys. Whatever we're doing. Yeah, definitely to them. They better be asleep though. Um Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, shit, I mean I just 
I appreciate Again, you guys having me on. Absolutely, oh, uh, on, you know, absolute pleasure, and I I hope to come back sometime once we actually get some uh, get some things going and and discuss it from that perspective. And I appreciate all the the, the wisdom y'all dropped on us as well. I mean, and and likewise, I feel like I feel like the the conversation that we had here tonight was definitely one that that is full of full of potential for inspiration or, or just knowledge for people. Uh, we definitely went some, <laughs> some interesting directions that, that yeah, may I, I incite feelings myself, or opinions. Yeah. Feelings but, are important opinions. Yeah. Keep it to yourself though. Yeah. I'm you know, whatever. Hold everything in. Say what you want. I Absolutely, don't care. Man. Have your feelings. It just, <laughs> let's do it appropriately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Thanks guys. Absolutely. It's, it's been My a pleasure. good one. Hey, real, real quick before Uh-oh. we get out of here. Um, so, so you did mention that you are, uh, actively recruiting and seeking out yeah. creatives and stuff. But at the same time, fuck social media. Get that. Yep. I recently <laughs> just took Facebook off of my phone. Super smart move. That Man, was great. I support you in that 100%, so, bro. Disconnect. Yes. So, uh, I mean, I'm still connected. I'm still on it. And I kind of have to be because of the business yeah, side I, of things. And I, I but, completely appreciate it. It's, it's, it's the most powerful just, marketing tool to, available. It's crazy. But I, I can't be party to it because I'm... Uh, like I said, I can go in any direction on any subject matter and I, it's, it's, I, I can't, so, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Do respect. It. But, but these people need to get in contact yeah. with you. So, so how can they, absolutely. how can they contact you? Cause you currently, these projects are just starting. So I imagine you don't have like a website, absolutely. Yet. but I don't have a website yet, but I do have an email address that I set up. It's dojo Inc. D O J O I N K nine, nine, nine at outlook.com. Um, you can sling anything. I mean, uh, if, if there's, if especially like creative people, <laughs> that was for my wife. I, I'm, I'm all right. Send a bunch of dick pics. Absolutely. To, or, no, don't, don't, <laughs> right. Don't duck uh, pics. Don't duck. Draw duck picks. just drawings of ducks. Yes. Only drawings of samurai ducks. But yeah, this is, de- <laughs> this is <laughs> a penis and an, in a, in a samurai helmet. <laughs> No, with a bill, <laughs> with a fucking bill. <laughs> Your rim is weird, bro. Your Corona is strange. Oh, you're not allowed to say Corona these days, right? Welcome yeah. back to Rimmed. All right, <laughs> oh, it's our new prank show, Rim McQuackens, where you get a surprise rim job. Ooh. <laughs> and starring Nick Hinton. <laughs> talk about hitting the feelings. It's a wet ass. <laughs> <laughs> wet ass booties uh, um, Jesus this is gone it's just yeah, right we, into the fucking garbage absolutely <laughs> just delete we'll never find anyone just just put my email address out somewhere you don't even have to release no, it that's cool that, that's, that's no, what I that's wanted great. I just want these people to be able to absolutely I appreciate that thank you if, so if there's any type of artist out there he needs artists he's, ba- he's, he's making uh, a graphic novel type thing but also if you're a musician if you're a web designer if you just want to take part in something and you need somebody to kind of feed you ideas and and put that into action into something meaningful and awesome definitely get a hold of joey turner and drop your email one more time dojo inc 999 at outlook.com boom booyah that's it episode 14 we out good night thank you guys bye-bye